0: Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes Radio Broadcast. I'm Michael McCurry, your host. I once again I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you today. I'm privileged to be talking to you right now from the back deck from a balcony here in New Zealand. You may quite possibly hear the sounds of nature in the background. Hopefully they're a little bit muted because some of the insect and bird life here in New Zealand can be quite rambunctious as I speak to you remember that New Zealand is about 19 hours ahead of Central Time, where I normally call home. But God has allowed me to be over here for the past couple of weeks. And to God be the glory, he has done great things. I'm so thankful for the family, the radio family that we have at Bible Tracks Incorporated and on this broadcast, Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for listening. Throughout this week, we have been listening to an old message. I don't say old to put a timestamp on it, but the crazy thing, the amazing thing about this old message is how timeless it is. Yes, it it comes from a vintage of decades past, but the truths embedded in this thought brought to us by missionary Bob Hughes, a faithful missionary in Cebu City in the Philippines, though he died some years ago, still these truths still rock me, still bring tears to my eyes. Today, Bob Hughes is going to conclude this message. I'm going to ask you to listen very intently. The title of this message is, I Sat where they sat, brought to you from the book of Ezekiel. I think it's chapter 3, maybe verse 15 or thereabouts, talking about the prophet Ezekiel seeing some people in a bad way and, uh, in bondage in prison. And he sits where they sat and observes and understands what they're going through. And it affects him It causes him to ponder, to meditate, and God uses it to work in Ezekiel's heart. And Bob Hughes shares the same experience, a similar experience that he had over the decades that he worked in the Philippines, to God be the glory. Many thousands were saved during his lifetime and many thousands more at the Bible Baptist Church still going on today. We're so thankful for what God has done, what he does do. But we pray in faith, thanking him for what he will do in future. The theme, the thought for this portion of broadcast is this, you don't need a call. So many of us sometimes just wait for God to spell out in big letters across the sky precisely what he wants us to do. But can I tell you, when we have a command from God to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel we put too much stock in a call sometimes. I recall when God laid so squarely upon my heart and soul that I should serve Him in a full-time capacity, that I should preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as a vocation, as a, as not an occupation necessarily, but as a life's calling. I was a young boy. I was in, at a camp in Kansas. I recall that so precisely, the tears on the floor. The, the rejoicing when I finally yielded. But can I tell you, friend, even if I never experienced, and we put too much stock in experience as well, even if I never experienced those precise moments, I know what the Bible says. I know what the Christian's job description is supposed to be. So let me encourage you, listen now very intently as Bob Hughes shares with us just a portion, a bare little remnant of his burden.
1: Let them go. And so God has worked in the heart. They've taught me the joy, the joy of giving. This is an eternal investment. I did not come back to America to try to get people to give. I believe that we're trying to get you to make an investment that will help you in this life and in the life to come. An eternal investment. This is the greatest thing that we could do is make any... Somebody said Americans are spending money they don't have, buying things they don't need trying to impress people they don't even like. This is just about the way it is today. Why don't we wake up that if we're ever going to serve God, we better get involved in God's plan of worldwide evangelization. There are people that have not yet been evangelized in this world. There are two kinds of people in the world today, those who can hear and those who cannot hear. You're blessed to be among those who can hear. There may be those who will not hear, but there's not a man in America that will be able to stand before God and say, I did not have an opportunity. Because he could turn on the radio, he could call up the church, and the church would send a bus over in front of his door. He could hear the gospel, but what about those who have never heard and never had an opportunity to hear? Oh, listen, the front rows have been overpaid, and we spend most of our time trying to beg Christians to go to church, trying to beg absentees to be faithful. While out on the other side, on the back rows of the world, they've never had an opportunity. They've never heard. And we're doing our best to get the gospel to them while it is still yet day. For night is soon coming, for I feel that we don't have long in the Orient. And if we ever intend to do any mission work, we better do it now. Not when we get it all paid for back here. Not when we get all the, the 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 chapels built and the steeples in and the bells in and the workers and all that, and send what's left over. No, my friend, we've been sending leftovers to the mission field long enough. We need to think about sending our choice servants to the mission field. We think of a man's a failure here, then let him go to the mission field. You keep him. We don't want him. You send us your choice servants, those who know how. Like they wrote David Livingston from the mission's office many, many years ago and said, Dr. Livingston, when you build the roads and the roads get up to your station, then you write us and we'll send you missionaries. He wrote back and says, keep them. We don't want that kind. We want missionaries that'll come whether they're roads or not. And folks, this is what we need in the world today. Men who go out and say, God's called me. And we need those kind today. As I sat where they sat, they've taught me the meaning of simple faith. They've taught me the joy of giving then another thing they've taught me as I sat where they sat, they've taught me not to be ashamed of my faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. You walk in Dr. Gisalva's office, been a faithful member of our church a number of years, the first thing you'll see on that doctor's desk is a Bible, and, brother, before you get a pill for your stomach, you'll get the gospel for your soul. That man believes in winning souls to Jesus Christ. He wins an average of three or four every week to Christ. He's a doctor. He has a clinic. He has a free clinic once a month and allows people to come who don't have any money. And before they can see him, he gives them a little uh, number, and they can see him by the number. But he has sometimes two or three hundred patients out on that day, and he brings them all in a little chapel there there in our building, and he makes them all sit there and listen to him preach one hour before they can see him. He's pastoring the church also. He's got a real responsibility. I wish you could meet him and see how he has a radiant testimony for our Lord and Savior Jesus. But meet Attorney Descatado. We had the joy of going into his home three years ago and opening the Bible and winning he and his wife to the Lord that day. His wife's a college teacher. Three years ago, I have not been back to his home in three years. I tell our Christians when they get saved, our people when they get saved, my sheep hear my voice. I know them; they follow me even to church. I don't believe you ought to have to visit Christians all the time, beg them to go to church. And so our people, we're teaching them to be faithful to God. This attorney, the next Sunday, he brought another man to church, and he was a karate expert. He got saved. Now he's my head usher. Uh, God has been good to us to give us people in our church. Meet Dr. Rene Cison. Dr. Rene Cison, medical doctor. He graduated three years ago. He's been out in the practice. He wrote me the other day and said, Brother Hughes, Scott, call me to preach. I believe that God's calling his top people into his work, to that we might be able to go back and do a larger work than we've ever done before. Oh, go with me back to the island of Mindanao, and I'll show you the people that have taught me not to be ashamed of my faith. After preaching there in the mountains and coming down to the lowlands, walking through the rice paddies up to my waist, we came up to a little bamboo house, and I heard somebody crying. I said to Brother Basolino, I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, that's the house of the bandit." I looked just inside, and I could see a man with one arm gone. He'd lost it in one of the raids. I said, No, we'll have to stop here and see what's wrong. And we walked up closer to the house, and I saw just inside the house a little bamboo bed with a mosquito net going up over the bed and candles burning all around the body of a woman who had just been killed two hours before. I told the man who I was, and he said, Oh, missionary, it's good that you came to our village today. Now you can pray for my wife. I said, "Sir, I'm sorry, I cannot pray for your wife, but I can pray for you." And I opened my Bible and showed this man God's simple plan of salvation and laid my hand on his shoulder across the mosquito net, and I won him to Christ. I didn't know what would happen to the man. I went on back to Cebu, and and two years passed by, and I, I went back to the island, but not to the same village to dedicate a new building. And while we were there. I looked out there and saw this man who had one arm, and he came running up to me, and he grabbed my hand and said, Pastor Hughes, do you remember me? I said, yes, I remember you. He said, I'm the one that you led to Christ when my wife died. I said, where have you been? He said, you haven't heard? I said, no, I haven't heard. Where have you been? He said, oh, Pastor, he said, after you left my village, I became so burdened for the Bela untried. They never heard about Jesus. They do not have missionary. They do not have anyone to tell them about Jesus. Every day I pray, oh God, send missionary to Bila tribe. Send somebody to those people who have never heard. And one day the Lord says, Alex, you be missionary to Bila tribe." He said, I go down to Davao and attend Brother Shot's school there. And now I'm pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Bila tribe. Last Sunday we have 70 in Sunday school, and I also learned to play the accordion with one hand. Listen, these folks have taught me not to be ashamed of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I that, and they've done something to my life, and I wish tonight as we visit them that you could get the same burden to say, I'll step out on simple faith. I'll be able to do more for God because I'm not going to be satisfied with just a small thing, but I'm going to get out on the limb where the fruit is. I'm going to step out. You say, Brother Hughes, God hasn't revealed any call to me. I say to you tonight, why do you need a call when you have a command in God's Word to preach the gospel to every creature?
0: What a powerful thought for us. Don't you agree? It's amazing to me that from decades ago, God can use a man though he's now gone on to glory. I'm so thankful for technology. And I, I don't know how this message that we have just heard the conclusion of, I don't know how it was originally recorded. It may have been on reel to reel, a big old record. Who knows? But all I know is this, God used to touch my heart I hope he did yours as well. Let me encourage you today as you go about your day. I don't know, as I mentioned, 19 hours ahead of of Central Time here in New Zealand. Uh, You may be listening at some odd hour of the day. But let me encourage you to stop for a moment. As we conclude the broadcast, as the announcer comes on, would you just stop, pause, and ask God what does he want you to do? We're not asking for a 90-foot Jesus to give you some oral instructions. We're asking to ponder the already certain commands of God. We're going to continue with our week of broadcast tomorrow. I have an amazing and incredible, a true story to share with you. I'm looking forward to it. My prayer is that you have a great day for His glory as always. God bless.